0: Welcome to From the Den Podcast, providing Bears and NFL fans alike with compelling news, discussion, and debate. I'm your co-host, Benjamin, joined
1: alongside my dear friend and co-host, Oric. Hey, Benjamin, let's get right into it. As always, kickoff starts now. Welcome to the fifth episode of From the Den Podcast, where today we'll be discussing the very, very intriguing topic of the Bears quarterbacks. Yeah, there's so much
0: information to discuss here that we actually decided to split this quarterback topic into two separate episodes. Before we get into any of that, first, we're going to be discussing the Bears' recent signing of safety to Sean Gibson. So, Oren, what do you think about that signing? I
1: like this signing. Sean Gibson is a very, very good safety who will be able to elevate the Bears' defense. My only concern with this signing is that he he plays he plays free safety, which is the same position Eddie Jackson plays. And Deshaun Gibson played half his snaps at free safety, half them at strong safety, so he can play both positions. But Eddie Jackson, why he had such a great de- big decline last year is because he had to play some strong safety. He had to play sometimes in the box instead of only free safety. And now bring Deshaun Gibson in. He'll he'll also play sometimes in the box, but he'll also play free safety also, which is kind of a problem for Eddie Jackson. But I think that he's a very, very talented player. I think that he plays more strong safety than Hockland and Dix did, so they upgraded in that aspect. And I think that their defense is just getting better and better every
0: second. Well, I think it's great that they finally addressed this position that was one of the positions that they needed most. They should have taken a safety in the draft, but now that they didn't, at least they took a guy who's been in the Pro Bowl before. He's a good player, so I do like this signing. They gave him a decent amount of money, but it's not uh, going over, I don't think, especially for this caliber player. And while I do agree there's some concern with the uh, position of safety that he'll be playing, I still, I'm still, i just excited to see the potential that he'll add to this defense.
1: Yeah, especially because even though you might put Eddie Jackson in the box or Tashawn Gibson in the box, even though they don't play their natural positions, their talent is just so great that no matter really what position they play, obviously we're not asking them to play like defensive tackle, but whatever, whatever the position they play, they'll be able to help this defense out,
0: and that's why I like to sign it. Okay, so moving on to the main topics of this podcast, the Chicago Bears quarterback situation. So, Oren, is Mitchell Trubisky officially a
1: bust? No, and I'll tell you why he's not. Because he's the type of player who can come into this year and really just elevate his game. He's the type of player who one game will play, wow, he looks like a very good quarterback. There have been plenty of those games. The Buccaneers game last two years ago. Lions game two years ago. This year, the Cowboys game. You could even say the Redskins game he played well. And there are those few games where he looks like a great quarterback. But all the other games, he looks like a bad quarterback. And now I'm not saying that he will become this consistently good quarterback. but I'm saying is you can't write him off already because he does have that potential. And he's shown that he is capable of being this elite quarterback. But most, most of the time, he's not good. He doesn't play very well. But he's shown multiple times over and over that he can be that elite quarterback. And you can't write him off so early, especially considering you don't know what will happen this year. Maybe he'll get the motivation that he needs to really, really elevate his game to a point where he's playing consistently like he does in the Buccaneers games, the Lions games, the Redskins games, all those games that he plays elite. And that's what I hope happens. And I'm not sure it will happen, but for the small chance that it may, you can write it off already.
0: I agree with you mostly, but I'm more negative on Trubisky. I believe that there's a 90% chance, a 75% chance that he becomes a bust. And while he did show some potential, it's really not enough for me to not write him off as a bust. At the end of this season, it'll really be uh, telling, more telling than at the end of this season, because there's a lot of questions up in the air that we will hopefully answer by the end of these two episodes about the quarterback position, but halfway through the season, Trubisky might not even be starting, or maybe even at the start of the season. So if that happens, I think that it's fair to say that Trubisky's a bust, but especially for the amount of picks that they gave to select this player, that also adds on to the reason why he would be a bust. If they had taken Trubisky in the third round, let's say, then no, I wouldn't write him off just yet. But it's all, it adds insult to injury for how much they gave up for this mediocre player at best.
1: Yeah, so I will agree that they gave up so much. They even traded up from the third pick to the second pick. And taking a quarterback at the third pick is a huge step. Taking one at the second pick is even bigger. But the fact that they needed to trade up and give two third-round picks, which could be very valuable. And what happened is, is that the, not only did he, they trade up for him, they passed on Mahomes and Watson. And now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Trubisky is this amazing player. But what I'm saying, is, it, what I'm saying is, is that Trubisky is getting more hate than he deserves. And now don't get me wrong. I do believe that he's not an amazing quarterback. He's below average quarterback at best. But what I will say is that he could become a good quarterback and everyone only sees him, not for the quarterback he is, but they see him as the quarterback with the Bears traded up to get instead of Watson or Travis, or Watson or Mahomes. So, and, if I understand you
0: correctly, the fact that he was taken in a draft with all these greater talents than him just makes him seem worse than if he were a standalone player?
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think that if he, if he were drafted in a draft, maybe, let's say, even last year, two years ago, where there was Darnold and Josh Allen, all these players, he wouldn't even seem that bad. And my point is, is that it's because he goes into this city that hasn't had a winning franchise in a long time. He doesn't do it himself, but him, a great defense, a good coach, and a good team around him bring them to a twelve and four, twelve a twelve and four season, unexpected year. They go into the playoffs, and they lose on a, game, a game-winning kick. And there was just this expectation of is going to take the next step this year. He's going to be able to elevate their team. And it felt like everything was going right for him, and then everything went badly. And now everyone, instead of looking at the positives, everyone's starting to look at the negatives. And now, don't now, don't get me wrong, he didn't have an amazing season. But if you look at it, he had a completion percentage of – 83 he threw first 17 touchdowns 10 interceptions and he threw 3138 yards which again is not amazing stat line by any means yeah none of
0: those stats are great
1: none of those stats are great but what i'm saying is is that when you hear if you heard about trubisky without hearing any of his stats what would you assume 70 passer rating 14 touchdowns 14 interceptions something way worse than what he did and what I'm saying is that he may have had a bad year, but I think that he still has the potential to be good. And now let's not get this wrong. He may not have had an amazing year, but he threw 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and 96 passer rating in 2018. He ran a lot. He he had a good aspect of his game in the, in the running. And I think that even that went away. And I think his confidence went down. And I think maybe him being behind Foles and winning the job and having the coaches show their utmost faith in him will really make his confidence higher and make him feel like I need to play well to help this team. Okay,
0: Oren, going back to what you said about the Trubisky being taken over Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, I have a question for you about that, that at first seems obvious, but just let me explain myself. If the Bears had taken a different QB, either Watson or Mahomes, do you think their team would have been more successful? Now, of course, first upon first hearing that, you're probably thinking, well, of course, because they're both better quarterbacks than Trubisky. However, let me remind you that uh, Khalil Mack was only traded to the Bears because the Raiders thought the Bears were a worse team than the Packers. And if Mahomes or Watson were on the Bears at that point and the Bears had had a very good record, then Khalil Mack might not have ended up being on this team and instead traded to the Packers.
1: Yeah, so that's a really great question. I still think having Watson or Mahomes on this team, taking out Khalil Mack, would still make them so elite for the fact that if you look at it, quarterback is just such an important position that Watson right now, he led a team. That's not amazing. They didn't have a great, they had a terrible offensive line. They had one really good player in DeAndre Hopkins. Their defense was average, but he led. I mean, they team. did have JJ Watt. They did have JJ Watt, but JJ Watt's been injured a lot. He didn't even play, or I think he played less than half the season last year. And Jadavion Clowney a few years ago. I mean, their defense
0: has been pretty good.
1: Yeah, but Judevian Clowney wasn't there last year. And he still, Sean Watson, I wouldn't say single-handedly, but with some help, led their team to a... He led their team to the divisional round where he lost to Mahomes. And now if you imagine Mahomes on their team, Mahomes has a good team. Their defense, I would say, is middle of the pack. Their offense is pretty solid. They have an average offensive line. They, have, they didn't have great running backs. Tight end, they have a great coach, great tight end, and great receivers. But my point is is that Mahomes was able to lead the Chiefs to a Super Bowl without a roster like the Bears. I think the Bears' roster is better than the Chiefs. I don't know if I agree with that at all. I think so. I think that if you take out Mahomes and you take out Trubisky, I think that the Bears... Um, Definitely not an off- offensive roster. No, I agree. The Chiefs' offensive roster is better. Way better. Their defensive is way better than the Chiefs. That is true. That's so an interesting think, question. I think that if you go look at it, I think that if you had Mahomes on this team, it would just elevate them to such a great level that I think that they would have, even if their defense played poorly, and also let's not forget that in 2017, they, they were a top 10 defense without Khalil Mack. And they they got... Kyle Fuller had a great year in 2018. He elevated his game. Eddie Jackson went from a solid player to an all-pro. Well, you okay. don't know if
0: those players would have, been, would have been as good without Khalil Mack with them.
1: You're right. They probably wouldn't have been as good, but they still would have elevated their game to a really high point. And let's not forget that Akeem Hicks elevated his game. They didn't have Roquan Smith on their defense. They added him. My point is, is that their defense, I think, would have still been the top 10 defense. And their offense would have been top 10. Imagine Mahomes with with a good running back in Jordan Howard, with Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burden, a solid offensive line. I think that their offense, maybe on paper in 2018, would have been not not as good, but it's not that far off from the Chiefs' offense in 2018. It really isn't. And I know that that's a huge, huge, huge... That's a point. little crazy, Oren. That is a little crazy. The Chiefs I, have...
0: Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, two of Tyree Kill is a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. Travis Kelsey is arguably the greatest tight end in the NFL right now. So I don't know if I can even make the comparison between the two offenses. I could agree with you that Patrick Mahomes would elevate this offense and would have pretty good weapons, but I don't think it's anywhere near the weapons that he has in Kansas City. Yeah, I do. Another thing you have to take into account in this question is this is assuming that Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes will play at the exact same level on the bears that they have been on the Texans and the chiefs while equally as likely they could have been a bust or not lived up to their full potential because maybe part of their success is due to the players surrounding them and the coaches surrounding them though. Bill O'Brien hasn't, doesn't have such a great reputation.
1: Yeah. So I think honestly, Deshaun Watson, I think that, he's a player that is just, he would be good wherever. I think Mahomes is different. I think Mahomes has all the skills in the world and he needed a really, really good coach to harness them and be able to take them out and be able to really show them.
0: And I agree with he, that. I think Mahomes was a raw prospect coming out of college and Andy wrong. Reed had faith that he could turn Mahomes into an MVP player, which is exactly what happened. So yeah, I agree with that.
1: Yeah, and I think that... um Mahomes, I'm not sure he would have been as good, but I still think that a coach can only elevate a player's game so much. And the fact that Mahomes is so dominant, I can't imagine a scenario where even with a bad coach, Mahomes would be bad. So that's the reason why I say it would be better. Also, the Bears get back two second two first-round picks. So having two first-round picks, what do they do with those picks? Get another right guard to replace Kyle Long. Last year they could have I don't know. They could have filled another need. Maybe they could have filled a defensive need. They could have gotten a running back early. They could have picked Josh Jacobs. And I agree that I think that Dave Montgomery is very good, but I think Josh Jacobs is better. And I think that the team could have been elevated to a way higher level if they drafted Mahomes. But I think that that's kind of an obvious thing to say.
0: Okay, so we both agree that the teams would have been better with a different quarterback Drafted than Trubisky. Well, let's move on to the other quarterback in this competition, Nick Foles. Do you think the trade for Nick Foles was a good trade? And who won it?
1: Um, I think it was a great trade, and I think that the Bears won it. For the fact that I agree that the Bears shouldn't have given up a compensatory fourth-round pick, but I think that what they got out of it was not only a player who could potentially start, it's a player that's gonna help develop Trubisky. And that player who's gonna help develop Trubisky. He also, what happened is they restructured his contract to make it only $8 million a year. So they're able to really, really, really take a good player on a big contract and really cut that contract far, far, far down to make it into only $8 million a year. And I get they trade a fourth round pick, but honestly, are you going to get someone that good at, the fourth, at a fourth round pick? I get Ryan Pace is good at picking fourth round picks. But are you really going to get someone in the fourth round late? Especially
0: a quarterback.
1: Especially a quarterback. Nobody's going to be even close to what Foles is. Because Foles is a proven starter. And I get he may not be the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, well, we'll get into his talent later. But I think that just giving up a fourth round pick is a great trade.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on this. For sure. I don't think that the Jaguars got ripped off or anything. They want to stick with Gardner Minshew. So it makes sense why they would want to trade away Nick Foles. And I don't think any trade any team was going to offer them any more than a fourth rounder. So it's not like the Bears ripped them off. But I still do think it was a great trade for them. They got Nick Foles, who is a potential starter. And even if he isn't starting, like what you said, he would be a great role model for Mitchell Trubisky and can help his development. So I do like this trade, and especially that they cut down his contract to only around $8 million a year. Nothing to complain about here. Not much of a debate, I'd say.
1: Yeah, and also what I would say is is that I get that maybe you could have given a fifth, maybe a sixth rounder for him. But my point is, is that is it really worth fighting? Would you, as the Bears, want to go into a season having only Trubisky as your quarterback? not a backup, a real backup plan. I guess you could say Chase Daniels, but you would have to pay him $5 million. That's only $3 million less than what you're paying Nick Foles. And the difference between Chase Daniels and Nick Foles is that Nick Foles is a good starting, not a good, he's an average starting quarterback, while Chase Daniels is an above average backup quarterback. Nick Foles is the best backup quarterback in the NFL, while Chase Daniels may be the fifth or sixth there's such a huge gap between those two that $3 million in a fourth round pick is so such it's worth it for that. And also giving that fourth round pick, like I said, it wouldn't be worth that much. Imagine going into a season, you can maybe draft another, let's just say another backup running back, or even a quarterback. If you even got a good quarterback out of that, I really, really, really doubt that that quarterback would be able to step in and play at your fulls that plant potential or play even even just F Foles is what he is at his worst. I think that the backup quarterback, a fourth-round pick, probably wouldn't be able to do that. And also, you you have to worry so much about developing this fourth-round quarterback. You spend less time worrying about Trubisky. Instead of with Foles, you have Foles as another coach. Instead of taking away a coach, trying to teach this 4th rounder. you add another coach in Nick Foles.
0: Yeah, we'll get to this way farther down the line. But I think that the skills that Nick Foles possess is exactly what the Bears need in the quarterback. But we'll discuss that more later. Now we're just going to get into the topic of will versus should, meaning what will happen in week one, who will get the starting job, and who do you think should
1: get the starting job instead? Oren, you can take it away again. So let's start with should. I think Mitchell Trubisky should get the starting job. Now, I think that Nick Foles is a great player, and I think that Nick Foles very likely could be better than Trubisky. But also, when it comes down to it, what's the point of even still having Trubisky if you're not going to give him another chance? Trubisky is a player that has all the skills. Maybe Nick Foles does elevate his game, and you're putting a good player. I think if Trubisky does, Nick Foles does elevate Trubisky's game, I think that Trubisky is a better quarterback than Nick Foles. Because Trubisky has all the intangibles. He has all the skills. He's just not great at reading defenses. He doesn't make great decisions. And Nick Foles, he has solid skills, but he's good at reading defenses. He understands Matt Nagy's offense really well. And I think that if you combine Trubisky can't make Nick Foles a better quarterback or that much better, because Trubisky can't give Nick Foles his arm strength or his or his speed. But Foles can give Trubisky his knowledge of football he can help Trubisky out when it comes to learning how to read defenses right you can't
0: teach skill you can't really teach skill that's the old adage
1: yeah you can't can't teach teach skill you can teach learning how to read defenses yeah and I think that if Trubisky plays bad bench him fine but Foles is not here he's not going to get upset if Trubisky starts because all that does is that puts a fire under Foles if Foles isn't starting, he wants to get in there. He's going to work harder to get in there. And it's not like, for example, Rodgers, who's going to, who's upset that they have a backup quarterback, who's someone that's trying to replace him. Foles, I'm not saying, obviously, he's not happy with it, but he understands it. He's been a backup his whole career. He's not you
0: going to say think start Trubisky him. understands it, though? I mean, we can't decide, certainly, but what do you think Trubisky's thought process behind this is right now? This is, I think the he whole-
1: thinks that... that I need to losing work. faith in the Bears organization? Yeah. I need to work so hard because I'm the Bears organization is starting to lose faith in me, and I have to play so much better. I have to play so much better than a starting quarterback just to even get my role as a starting quarterback. And I think that that might, might put too much pressure on him, and he might flop under it. But also, you could say that maybe he has an added fire under him, and he starts to play really well. And I think that if you start off with Trubisky – and he starts to do poorly, fine, bench him. I get that Trubisky might not be happy with it, but who cares at this point? He's not even your quarterback anymore. Once you bench him, he's out of Chicago. The second he's benched, he is out of Chicago. Unless Foles gets injured and Trubisky comes in and does great, but I really doubt that that'll end up happening. I think that the second Trubisky is is benched, I think that he is out of Chicago. What if...
0: What if Foles starts week one and then plays badly? You still think Trubisky's out of Chicago? Or only yeah. once Trubisky gets the start and then loses he's it? he's
1: out of Chicago, the second he is not starting, wow. the offensive team. I okay. think that Trubisky is a guy who goes off of confidence. He's a guy who... Yeah, he gets... Uh, he's, he's a guy flustered. who... Yeah, he's, a type, he's the type of person who, if he has a bad game, a very bad game. If he has a good game, it's a very good game. There's not a lot of in-betweens for him. I feel like it's bad or good. And it seemed like last year was leaning way towards more towards the bad. In 2018, it was like a little bit in the middle. But my point is is that he's a guy who goes off of confidence and I can't imagine him being benched and then coming back in will be able to do well. Well, one worry I have is Trubisky, it's not like Trubisky plays so well
0: when everyone's criticizing him or when he needs to step up. I don't think Trubisky is very clutch, first of all. And second of all, with the whole controversy with, Mitchell Trubisky saying he wanted to shut off all the TVs in Soldier Field because of the people criticizing him. That didn't help him so much. So I'm not really sure if I, I, I do not trust Trubisky's abilities to maneuver under pressure and create self-confidence when others are doubting him.
1: So I, I will get into this later, but what do you think? You think that, well, I need to get to what I think what they should do, but what they will do. And I know this is surprising. I think Nick Foles will start week one. Which is surprising because most people will probably say the Bears should start Nick Foles week one and Trubisky will start. But I think Foles will start and Trubisky should start. For the fact that if you look at Ryan Pace's acquisition, acquisitions, who they added this do they added this offseason? They're in a win now mode. Instead of keeping Leonard Floyd in a position that he could develop. Now don't get me wrong, I think he could develop. They signed for more money, just a bit more. And I like the signing. Don't get me wrong. Robert Quinn, who's 29 years old. Instead of keeping Leonard Floyd, who has all the skills, I think he just needs time to develop, they brought in Robert Quinn. They're trying to win right now. They signed to Sean Gibson. Win right now move. They got Nick Foles. Win right now move. They, they got Ted Ginn. Win right now move. They, they drafted Jalen Johnson. I get that may not be a win now. win right now move, But the fact that they signed Artie Burns and they still have Kevin Tolliver and they signed Trey Roberson, that's all a win now move. They want the best player to come out of it to start. They're trying to have competition at that position, just like they're trying to have competition at every position. So if you look at it, the Bears are trying to win right now, and the Bears don't believe that Trubisky can win right now. Now, what I'm I'm not saying is that I think that Ryan Pace still thinks Trubisky can be a good quarterback. He can. But I think Ryan Pace is saying, if we're trying to win now, we can't have Trubisky playing there making mistakes. And I think that Ryan Pace, in a few days, we're going to talk about the fifth-year option in a bit. But I think that Ryan Pace will not pick up his fifth-year option. And I think that's because he's lost faith in Trubisky. If you look at it, Ryan Pace seems like, such a, he seems like a guy who talks about how much he loves Trubisky. seems like he's in love with Trubisky. Like he thinks he's a great quarterback. But really, he knows that they're trying to win right now. Their offense got better this, this offseason. Their defense got better this offseason. They are really, really, really believe that they can do something this year. And I do, too. I think that they can. But that's not what we're talking about right now. I think that this move to get Nick Foles was a win now move. And they're not going to keep someone who they're paying $8 million. I guess that's not a ridiculous amount for a backup quarterback but that's still a solid amount of money. They're not going to keep someone who they were paying $8 million a year on the bench for more than a game. That's, I think that they won't. Now, I really hope that that they start Trubisky and see how it goes, because worst comes to worst, he plays bad and their defense saves them. I think that, I hope that the first few games are easier, are easy games like they were last year. And I think that if they play some easy games to begin with, that's when you start Trubisky because you know that if you start Trubisky and he plays poorly against those teams, then you know that Nick Foles is your guy. But if he starts to play well, then you can slowly start to gain confidence in Trubisky again. Got it. All
0: right. My turn for the should versus will. Starting with should, I think there are a bunch of different options that you have to weigh here for who should start. I agree with what you were saying about why Trubisky should start it makes sense to just keep him on a short leash. Le- to keep him on a short leash, and once he makes a mistake or once he does something inexcusable, they can just take him out and put in Nick Foles. But I think that, that could also ruin their momentum a lot, and that's why it would be advantageous for them to start Nick Foles right away instead of having Trubisky, who is so risk-prone. That's So those are the two options, but I got to go with Trubisky, just like you were saying. It makes the most sense to me because he is under so much pressure this season. Why not just put him in at the start? I don't know if I agree with that whole tangent you went on about win now. I don't think that the Bears, maybe they're aiming to do that, but I think the Bears will still have some good players in three years, for example. And I don't know if they're a Super Bowl team right now or if they should be aiming to do that. So that's why I think it wouldn't be that big of a risk if they started Trubisky first saw how he did, and once he did badly just like that, take him out and put in Foles. Now, down to who will start. I also think it'll be Mitchell Trubisky and not Nick Foles. I do not trust Ryan Pace to finally flip the switch and put in Nick Foles, who is probably better than Trubisky. And I'm saying he's better, even though I just said that Trubisky should start. I'm just saying that because I think that they should give him one last chance. And once he's done, like you were saying, he's out. For He's done with Chicago, and he will probably not be re-signed with that five-year option. So who will get the starting job? I still think it's Mitchell Trubisky, because Ryan Pace has too much dignity to back down from the player that he traded up to select over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson to suddenly ditch all of that and go with Nick Foles. So at the start, he has to give Trubisky a shot, and that's why I think that Ryan Pace will give Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy will give Mitchell Trubisky the starting job
1: so this is where I think you're wrong when you talk about dignity what did Ryan Pace do this offseason instead of keeping Leonard Floyd the guy who we traded up one pick to get a pick nine he released him okay when- before you go into all of this let me just say
0: Trubisky is the face of this team or at least the face of this offense nobody outside of the NFC North really knows or cares about Leonard Floyd unless you're a hard Bears fan everyone knows about Mitchell Trubisky so nobody really cares that when the Bears go releasing Leonard Floyd especially because Floyd wasn't a terrible player they released him more for money and defensive issues as for Mitchell Trubisky he is the ultimate Ryan Pace fake every when you talk about when people talk about Ryan Pace's drafting abilities they immediately point fingers to uh the selection of Mitchell Trubisky So, while Ryan Pace has done some other things to cover up his previous bad picks, the one that he would want to stick with most is the one that people refer to the most, which is the Trubisky pick.
1: Now, what I will say is that you know what else they did this offseason? Release Trey Burden. They signed him to a big contract. You know what else they did this season? Release Taylor Gabriel. Signed into a big contract. You know what else they did this season? Release Prince of Mukamara, send him to a big country. All of those
0: things still, all of those things are not as big and no one blames Ryan Pace as much as Mitchell as the drafting of Mitchell Trubisky. As I said before, Mitchell Trubisky is the ultimate Ryan Pace pick. So it makes sense that he would
1: want to cling on to him more than any other player. I do agree that he is the ultimate Mitchell Trubisky pick. What I'm saying is is that he has lost his dignity for what he's done he doesn't care anymore he wants to win at no at any cost i hope so but i'm not sure if that's the case i think that when you look at what he's done this off season he's released and got rid of players that he brought in that he was happy about bringing in and it really just seems like he feels as though he just feels as though he's there's trying to Like I said, I know the the fans don't think that they're a Super Bowl team right now, but he does. He really does. You can tell by his moves. He thinks that the Bears are on the verge of breaking out.
0: Well, What would be moves that Ryan Pace would make that wouldn't signify that that he thought that they were going to make a Super Bowl?
1: Keeping Leonard Floyd. Not signing to Sean Gibson and keeping Deion Bush. Not trading for Nick Foles. So that all those players could progress.
0: So that he
1: could progress. Deion Bush could progress. So that Leonard Floyd could progress. But he cares more about them winning right now than he does about them winning in four years. Because honestly, he probably won't even be there in four years. Exactly. His job is on the line. Exactly. So my point is, is that he's willing to do whatever is going to get him the most wins. And he knows that, that putting in Nick Foles to begin with will most likely get him the most wins. Now I'm not saying that I agree with that. I think that Trubisky, I think that Trubisky's high is getting more wins than Nick Foles' high. But what I will say is that I think that Ryan Pace is more likely to put in Nick Foles because he feels as though Nick Foles can do the job better than Mitchell Trubisky and keep his job better than Mitchell Trubisky. Okay, so on to the next question. If Trubisky starts week one, at what point does it take for him to get benched? So what do you think about that? If Trubisky starts week one, well, it
0: really depends on his play. This is hard to say based on no actual statistics from this week one performance. But I would say I think that Foles will be in at quarterback week five or later. No no later than week five. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, no later than week five. I think that no matter what tr- uh, I do not trust Trubisky enough for him to play consistently well for those five games. So while week one or week two, Trubisky might come out hot and motivated, I don't think that he can maintain that motivation and skill for the first five games. So I think no later than the first five games will Nick Foles replace him.
1: Um, I think that in a span of three games, if two of those games, he throws one or more interceptions then he's done. If well, the-
0: I think you can't judge it solely on the interceptions because there have been some games where he's thrown a few interceptions and still had uh, an arguably good game. And also, if the Bears are winning and if he's getting it done for the Bears, then it's really based on a basis like that. And that's why I also think that this question is hard to decide without seeing uh, his play, not even the statistics, but his actual play.
1: So I do agree with you. If the Bears are winning and Trubisky may not even be doing amazing, if he's doing okay, I thought they'll falls in because they're winning and they don't want to mess it up. And the second that your Bears team, no matter if they have the best defense, Trubisky is just playing okay. They can't consistently win games, especially against good teams. against the Packers, the Texans, the Saints. They can't beat the Vikings. They can't beat those teams with Trubisky playing okay. My point is, is that the second that Trubisky, the second that the Bears start losing games, if Trubisky's playing okay, then he's done. My, what I'm trying to say is the interception is just a mark of what's happening because I really doubt that the Bears at Trubisky, like I said earlier, I doubt if Trubisky playing okay, the Bears will be winning games. So I think that the interception mark, yes. If he can throw four touchdowns and two interceptions, it's a solid game. But I really doubt that that will happen because I think that if Trubisky, a guy who Matt Nagy doesn't have that much faith in, He's not going to be throwing deep shots all game. He's not going to throw a four interceptions, four touchdowns. It's not typical of Matt Nagy to let him do that. And I get that there have been a few games that Trubisky has been do, has done that, but I think that for Matt Nagy, he won't really be able to let him do that. And I think Nick Foles, like if you watch the Vikings game last year, week, week four, it felt like Chase Daniels was playing well, but it felt like a different offense. It felt like, it felt like Matt Nagy was calling different plays plays that worked, plays – it felt like felt like all these plays, receivers were getting open. And well, sometimes- yeah,
0: another big question uh, in the 2020 season will be how much confidence Nagy has in Trubisky, meaning how many throws he has him throw, if he's doing deep shots or more screen passes, like you were just saying. That'll be very interesting to see, and we will cover Matt Nagy's relationship with these quarterbacks in a later episode.
1: Yeah, so what I will say is, is that um, – I think that Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky's relationship, it may not be bad, but I think Matt Nagy's given up hope. You get that by the way he speaks about Trubisky. It just seems like he's done with Trubisky. And Nick Foles, on the other hand, Nick Foles knows the Bears system better than Trubisky. Nick Foles is, will be able to step in whenever and play well. He has chased Daniels, but more skilled. Matt Nagy will be able to open up his whole, whole offense. And when you look at it, when teams are losing, who do you blame? The coach and the quarterback. Well, that was the whole topic of our
0: uh, first episode, our pilot episode. Who's to blame? Is it to risky? Yeah. So everyone, if you haven't watched that episode, go do that, and you'll find our answer to that question.
1: Yeah, but going on to what, the, what I said in the first episode is, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying is the quarterback and the coach are getting blamed. And the quarterback could think oh okay Matt Nagy's not calling great plays for me but the quarterback can say oh I want to be benched he's not going to say that Matt Nagy can say oh I Trubisky isn't good I can't call good plays for him I'm done with this I want to go and start Nick Foles and it seems like Ryan Pace throughout this whole offseason by getting Nick Foles has more faith in Matt Nagy than Mitchell Trubisky it seems like he thinks that, okay, I would rather have Matt Nagy on my team than Mitchell Trubisky. And that's why they traded for Nick Foles. And I think that if Matt Nagy comes to a point where he says, I am getting blamed for all of this, my reputation is going down. I can't deal with this anymore. I want Foles in. Pace will say, okay, we'll go put Foles in. And then once Foles comes in, first of all, Trubisky's confidence will be gone. But second of all, I think that I think that Matt Nagy will be able to do this whenever he wants. And I think that obviously Ryan Pace will be a bit hesitant to do it, but in week when they played the Rams last year, he got a he got a rib injury. He he got hurt, a small little rib injury. He played the whole game and then they put in Chase Daniels. Matt Nagy didn't do that to say, oh, he's hurt. I don't want him to be hurt for the next game. He said, I don't want Trubisky as my quarterback. He made that call during the game, and he didn't care what Ryan Pace said. And you would think that if he made that call, and like what I said is, is if he made that call and it was not an actual rib injury, don't you think that, Matt, that Mitchell Trubisky wouldn't be playing the next game? But the next game he played, and he finished off the whole season. My point to what I was saying is, is, is since he finished off the whole season, It was Ryan Pace telling Matt Nagy, we're finishing off this whole season, seeing how it ends with Trubisky. We're not putting in Chase Daniels. And I think that by the Rams game, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy gave up hope. They were done with hope. And they said that, you know what? Maybe Chase Daniels could win us a few more games. Maybe not even a few more games. Maybe one more game. But at what cost? At the cost of not knowing if we have a good quarterback on our hands. Right, they needed think, to evaluate Trubisky for the next exactly. season. Exactly. And first of all, I think that Matt Nat, I, think that Mitchell Trubisky or Chase Daniels, they, I think that Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky would win more games for the Bears than Chase Daniels. But my point to you is, is that Mitchell Trubisky versus Chase Daniels, they kept in Mitchell Trubisky because they wanted to see how the year would develop. Maybe he started doing well. And even if they didn't make the playoffs, if he ended the year on a good note, he would be able to take that into next year. And they probably wouldn't have traded for Nick Foles. They might have waited a bit. And then, you know what? They might have even signed Andy Dalton at this point. Cam Newton. They wouldn't have traded a fourth-round pick to get, to get Nick Foles. Who knows? They may have even drafted a quarterback. But now they spent that whole time last year figuring out who Trubisky is. And now they feel like they know who he is. And I think that even though they'll start Nick Foles week one, if they start Trubisky, he'll be in a very, very, very short leash. The second he messes up in a, two games, he messes up. He's done. Okay, so we've
0: touched on this topic throughout this episode already, but now we're going to go more in depth about it. Do you think that Nick Foles' presence will elevate the game of Trubisky, or do you think he'll be under so much pressure that he won't be able to perform and it'll make him worse? Or will he just stay the same, mediocre?
1: So I have to say it'll elevate his game. And I think Mitchell Trubisky will elevate Nick Foles' game as the same way Nick Foles elevates Trubisky's game. And I know I said earlier that Mitch, that Nick Foles will elevate Trubisky's game more than Trubisky will elevate Nick Foles' game. Because Nick, Nick Foles can give Trubisky an element of reading defenses and understanding when to throw the ball. And Trubisky can't give his talents to Nick Foles because you can't give talent. But the point is, is that a competition always brings the best out of someone. You have a fire under you. And you know what? If Trubisky flops, I don't want a quarterback who doesn't do well under pressure, especially for a team that I think is in a win now situation. I think that having a quarterback who doesn't do well in the in the latter part of the of the games, I think that that's not what you want because you can't have a quarterback who goes into who needs to get forty yards to get a field goal and he's not able to do that. You can't have a quarterback like that. And my point to what I was saying is is that. I think that this competition will be great because not only will Trubisky learn from Foles, we, uh, the fans, and Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace will be able to learn truly who Nick Foles is. is. I mean, who Mitchell Trubisky is. Is he a clutch quarterback? Does he do well under pressure? Does he not? And all of this comes out right now. Because he's really been erratic throughout these.
0: Well, if he's been so erratic throughout these past few seasons, why do you think that suddenly you'll get a definitive answer? Why can't? What evidence do you have that he won't be just as erratic and unpredictable? Why do you think there will be suddenly a definitive answer at the end of Trubisky's year this next season?
1: Well, I think even to begin the year, because it comes to a point that your rookie year, you know what, we'll give you time. It's only a sign of what's to tell. Your bad rookie year doesn't mean anything. Peyton Manning didn't have a great rookie year. Second year, that shows a lot. Trubisky had a good second year. He was an average quarterback. Statistically, he was 16th around in the NFL. You know, you know it's sad when we're saying a good a good
0: year is an average quarterback. I don't know if yeah. that's yeah. about Trubisky like a, or just about being a
1: Bears fan, but it's it's about being a Bears fan. Yeah, but everyone expected Trubisky to take that leap, the leap that he would go from 16th to 10th. and he took the he didn't take a leap. He went from 16th to 25th.
0: Yeah, that's what made the
1: 2019
0: season so depressing that they were being hyped up by many, by the many in the Chicago Tribune too. I was reading that saying they were going to make the Super Bowl and eight and eight isn't terrible, but I mean, it's just so disappointing. We cover that in the pilot episode, like I said, and maybe if Trubisky's stats weren't compared to what he had last year and what he was expected to have in the following year, it wouldn't seem so terrible. But unfortunately, he was expected to play even better and he played worse. So yeah, that's summarizing what you said earlier. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what I will say is is that this um competition will be able to take just the great things in the great things in foals and move them to Trubisky. And like I said earlier, I think that we'll be able to know who Trubisky is. And people say that it's your third year for a quarterback that you learn who the quarterback is. But Trubisky, if you don't remember, he only played one season in college. He has less experience than every quarterback. So if you look at a Watson, who I think played two years, or a Mahomes, who played two or three years in college, they came into the NFL. They may have, Mahomes might have been raw, but he was still able to, he was still able to have experience. Trubisky is the guy right now who you look at and you say, wow, maybe we're looking at this wrong. And maybe he still needs just a bit more time to develop. And we'll learn right now, because I feel like people say it's his third year. The third year where quarterbacks are show who they really are. But I feel like this year is going to be Trubisky's third year. I think that this offseason, we'll see who Trubisky really is. Because if Trubisky can't play well now, he's not going to play well ever.
0: Okay, Oren, if you were talking about some normal player, I would 100% agree with you that Players do better when they're under competition and when they have a fire under them. That's what I initially thought. That's why I was initially so excited about this Nick Foles trade. And I still am excited about it, but for a different reason. I now I've come to realize that I really don't trust Trubisky under pressure. Trubisky is good when he's confident in himself, and the Bears acquiring Nick Foles while for a normal quarterback that isn't Mitchell Trubisky, it might he might have the mentality of, okay, I just have to improve my play. But I think that this could really lower Trubisky's confidence, or I know it will lower Trubisky's confidence. And I don't think, I know, in fact, that Trubisky will not play well when he has low confidence. So if Trubisky were some normal quarterback, yes, he would pay, play better with the threat of Nick Foles taking over his starting job. But since Trubisky, we've seen he does not play well when he's under pressure or when he has low confidence. After he's thrown an interception, he doesn't normally come back and play with and play better like maybe Jimmy Garoppolo would. So that's why I don't have faith that Nick Foles' presence will elevate the game of Trubisky. I think he'll be too shaky and nervous, and that'll cause him to be benched sooner for Nick Foles in time.
1: So um, we kind of touched on this in a different one, but if the Bears start Nick Foles week one – do they worry about him flopping and having to start a non-confident Trubisky? Hmm.
0: The Bears start Nick Foles in week one. I think that if the Bears start Nick Foles in week one, they are completely done with Trubisky. So they're not. Trubisky will not even be in the equation anymore. Like you were saying, I agree with this. Once Nick Foles starts, Trubisky is out. I don't think they'd worry about him flopping because if him starting in the first place shows that they have enough faith for him not to flop and to play consistently. Now, if he does flop, that's a different story. That's a good question. Would they start Trubisky? Yes, because he's still easily a better quarterback than Chase Daniel. I know some Bears fans would beg to defer, but Chase Daniel just has that uh, backup quarterback luck where they play well for the first game. That's That's my opinion on him. I don't think he's great, and Trubisky's better than him. But back to what we were talking about, if Nick Foles starts, I do not see the Bears worrying that much about having to put in Trubisky. Once they're committed to Nick Foles, they're very committed to him. Uh, other than if they start Trubisky week one, I think they're going to be very shaky into it and very they'll very easily snap and go to Nick Foles. Whereas if they start Nick Foles and he's playing shaky, I think that they'll let him progress, which is ironic because usually you let the younger guy progress. But in this instance, I'm pretty sure that that'll be the case. The reverse will be the case.
1: Yeah, so what I will say is is that I agree with you. And I think that Trubisky, what will happen is with Trubisky, is that the second that he's benched, confidence is gone. And the problem with, I say with about Foles, is that Foles and Trubisky are kind of similar in the aspect that some games they play great, some games they play bad. The difference is that I feel like Foles – can go on a run of great games and a run of terrible games. And Trubisky just goes good, bad, good, bad. Does Trubisky
0: ever really, excuse me, does Nick Foles ever play terribly? In the past few years, at least, he's been pretty solid. Well,
1: I guess in Jacksonville, he wasn't great. In Jacksonville, he wasn't great. In Philadelphia, he did play well. But if you look at it, when Wentz was still rehabbing from his ACL injury when they started, I think it was the 2018 season, he didn't play amazing. And... I think when he played with the Rams, he didn't play amazing. I get that was like four, four or five years ago. But I think that Nick Foles is the type of guy who's a momentum guy. He'll play great for a few games, and he can keep that going, but he'll play terribly for another few games.
0: So once Nick Foles builds momentum, he can build off of it, whereas Trubisky will just be up and down, up and down,
1: depending on the game, or even depending on the quarter in some games. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that what worries me the most is that I think that Nick Foles is more likely to be great great than bad. But what I'm worried about is I think the season is done if Foles is bad. Because the second that Foles does badly for two games straight... There's no way Trubisky can recover from being benched. Exactly. And I think that it's just such a beating for Trubisky to have to come back in. And also, speaking of that, if Foles gets injured again and Foles is starting, I can't imagine Trubisky does amazing. I truly can't because he's out of Chicago the second he gets benched.
0: Yeah, so the only way that Trubisky plays well this season, I think we're both in agreement on this, is if he starts in the very first game. So the thing to worry about is Foles starting playing badly and then Trubisky coming in, go play shakily, and that'll just be the end of the season. So if Foles is to start, they have to be 100% confident that he can go out and produce. Because if he can't, it's not the same case with Trubisky where they could just bench him if he plays badly week one. With the case of Foles, if he plays badly and he's starting week one, the whole season will be over because Trubisky will not be able to produce.
1: Okay, so how will the possibility of no or short in training camp affect the competition between Foles and Trubisky? And who does it help? Does it help Foles or Trubisky? I think it's interesting. There are arguments to be made for either side. The
0: obvious and uh, the obvious argument is it'll help Trubisky because he's more familiar with this offense and the players. So clearly, Foles would need some time to become a part of this Bears organization and to gain the trust of both the players and the coaches. But alternatively, you could say that right now the players trust, or the, right now the players and the coaches. Moreover trust foals more than they do trubisky because why would they bring in a guy that they didn't trust so possibly training camp could be the time in the coach's eyes for trubisky to prove himself rather than Foles, as they already know that Foles is this proven veteran so in that case it would be Foles that having no training camps camp helps more because i believe that right now uh the coaches. Have they have some faith in
1: Foles. So yes. So I'm gonna go kind of say what you're saying also. I think that arguments could be made, multiple arguments can be made for both players, and I'll list them out and I'll list which argument I think is stronger. For Trubisky, it seems like Trubisky has the upper edge in this competition. I think he's gonna be starting with the he's gonna play with the first team if there is training camp, while Foles doesn't. He's gonna play with the second team. Well that shows that they that they have a Trubisky starting off with a bit higher of an edge. And if there's no training camp, he does start off with a tiny bit of a, more of an edge. Also, if there's no training camp, Trubisky already's built chemistry with Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller. I get he hasn't built any with Ted Ginn. He's built with Riley Ridley, Javon Wins. And, but the argument for Nick Foles is that Nick Foles knows his offense in and out. He knows everything about it better than Trubisky. Um, Matt Nagy wants him to start, but also he doesn't have any of this chemistry between, between the wide receivers, which is a big, big, big thing that quarterbacks need. And, but I think that even though he doesn't have that chemistry, I think that Nick Foles is more likely to be helped out by this because Nick Foles has been such a journeyman throughout his whole career that I think that Nick Foles has learned how to become, how to build chemistry fast, fast as possible. And he was able to step into an Eagle situation and build chemistry twice with the wide receivers, two different times. And I think that just being able, even if there's no training camp, I think that if I think that Nick Foles will be able to step in and still build chemistry, not like Trubisky's, but he'll be able to build a solid amount of chemistry throughout the first few weeks. And then after that, he'll be able to build it even more and more to the point that it's similar to Trubisky's, except that the knowledge of the playbook is going to be so much greater with Foles that man, Nagy feels more comfortable having Foles in. Got it. I think we're both agreeing that Foles, but,
0: you know, I'm really 50-50 on this overall. I can't really decide between Trubisky or Foles. I'm not 100% sure what the general manager's and coach's mindset is. I do think it's very likely that they don't think highly of Trubisky right now because if they did, it doesn't make sense why they would bring in Foles in the first place. But on the other hand, the simple answer seems to be the better one here. Or might be the better one here, just that Trubisky's more familiar with the players and the playbook. So of course you get to start if you were to if there were to be shortened training camps.
1: Okay, so now we're gonna go into the speed round where each person has around 30 to 45 seconds to answer this quick question. So I'll start out asking you this question: Who is better for the Bears defense? Ha Clinton Dix or Tashawn Gibson? I gotta go with Ha Clinton Dix. Well, I do like Deshaun
0: Gibson. Like we were saying in the start, Ha Clinton Dix is a better player than Deshaun Gibson, or at least I can say that because I don't know how Deshaun Gibson can will play on this Bears defense. But I, I from the first season, I have faith that Ha Clinton Dix is a good Bears player. But there's still some bust bust potential for Deshaun Gibson, and plus Ha Clinton Dix has more chemistry with Eddie Jackson. For that reason, Ha Clinton Dix is a more crucial part of this defense.
1: So I'm going to disagree with you. And I'm saying is that I get the U1 chemistry between your two safeties, but I think that Deshaun Gibson fills the need for, for strong safety more than Hockland and Dix did. And I get that both of them play the free safety position, but Hockland and Dix gets put more as a free safety than than Deshaun Gibson. Deshaun Gibson can play more consistently at a strong safety position and I, having a good strong safety or just a player who can play more often at strong safety will be able to elevate Eddie Jackson's, eddie jackson's game and eddie jackson's game is a huge part of why the bears defense is so good great in 2018 okay oren has the bears defense improved this year or request improved i think by a lot there have been a few additions but i think that the addition of robert quinn improved their team the addition of um to gibson improved their team and the addition of robert quinn improves it a great 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 deal I think that they did They did lose, and they did end up losing Nick Kwiatkowski, but it wouldn't have mattered because either Kwiatkowski or Trevathan would have been starting. And I honestly believe that having a competition at the position with Jalen Johnson, Artie Burns, Kevin Tolliver, Trey Roberson is better than just having Prince of Mookamara straight up. And I think that besides that, they didn't really get worse than any position. And also, for example, Ro- Roquan Smith is going to improve this year. Eddie Jackson is going to improve. Kyle Fuller, all these people are going to elevate their game.
0: Yeah, I think this question would have been a lot more interesting in the offseason uh, last year when they lost guys like Adrian Amos, who were way more crucial, a, a way more crucial part of their defense in 2018. The Bears really did not lose anyone at the end of this year. So there's no reason why you could say that this defense request. Plus, they added players like Deshaun Gibson and drafted some guys in the draft. So there's really no reason to say that, that this defense regressed. So I think it improved.
1: Yeah. So do you see any of the Ladarius Mack? Do you think that Ladarius Mack will end up having a significant role on this team at some point?
0: No, I do not. I think it's fun to say, oh, look, the Mack brothers are on a team together, but he's an undrafted free agent. There's not much else to say about that. There are 11 guys, and I've really never heard of big undrafted free agents. You do hear about those stories like Adam Thielen, for example, um, coming out of being an undrafted free agent and being a superstar. But that's such a rare example. I have, really have no faith that Ladarius Mack can do well. I really hope he does and that he can develop some nice chemistry or bonding with his brother. But he was an undrafted free agent for a reason. I don't think he'll have a big impact.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you. And I think that, like you said, he's an undrafted free agent for a reason. But not only that, the fact that the Bears signed him really shows that no other team really wanted him. Also, not only does he get he's elevated because of his name, his last name makes him a way higher. Just Everyone else wants him because they know that he has the same genes as him. But the fact that the Bears signed him really shows that no other team really wanted him. And the Bears probably, Khalil Mack probably said, Hey, can you sign my brother? Or do something like that. And they want to please Khalil Mack any way that they can. So they probably signed Ladarius Mack in order to please Khalil. And I think that the fact that only the Bears signed him really shows that the that he was just not wanted by many teams, even considering that he was a Mac. Okay, which Bears tight end do you think will catch the most touchdowns next season? I think it'll be Jimmy Graham. Now don't get me wrong, I think Cole Kumel will have a bigger impact on this team. But the reason they signed Jimmy Graham to such a big contract is because all of his skills fit perfectly in the red zone. He's not fast, but he's able to win 50-50 balls. He has good hands, he's tall, and all of this this is the reason that they signed him. They signed him because they needed a the red zone threat. They were bad in the red zone last year. And he really fills their need of a red zone target. Okay, Oren,
0: let me tell you why you're wrong. Now, Jimmy Graham is the easy answer. But first of all, you know the main quarterbacks Jimmy Graham has played for? Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers. So he is very used to playing for great quarterbacks. And Mitchell Trubisky is in no way that type of a player. Also, um, while it seems like Jimmy Graham would be such a great red zone threat, In the past years, especially when he was with Aaron Rodgers, they really did not have that great of a connection in the red zone. He did not have that many touchdowns. So I have no faith that Jimmy Graham will suddenly be able to catch so many touchdowns in a worse offense with a worse quarterback. So that's why I got to go with Cole Komet, who I think is younger and has more potential than this old Jimmy Graham guy. I think he could develop some nice chemistry with Mitchell Trubisky as he's never played with greater quarterbacks and he's not used to anything else. So for that reason, I think that Cole Komet has a lot more breakout potential than Jimmy Graham, who's just some old veteran who might catch a few touchdowns.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. And bear down. Bear down.
0: If you enjoyed this episode of From the Den, please remember to comment or
1: leave a review depending on your listening platform. Or if you're a Packers fan, remember to write some nasty reviews and comments. Thanks for listening and bear down.